Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ing. And we're moving along. Welcome back to our podcast. For us and many of you listeners probably, it is our last first week of class as we're graduating seniors this semester. And we wanted to do a little update on how our first week was, has been before we get started. So, Linda, how was your week? Oh, I had a great week. Um, finally, a nice schedule. So I'm very excited to, I guess, have more time to do my own thing and explore some aspects of the university. I haven't had time before, mm-hmm. since before it was always like going to class and finish your major. But now I have time to take some fun classes. Um, I'm taking a Asian American storytelling class. And it looks really fun. I just added it, and today was my first day. Yeah. You added it in addition to our Asian American politics class? Mm-hmm. Okay, you better not be dropping that class. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I shouldn't do that class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I really like my professor. She seems really cool. There's, like, no deadlines or any, like, assignments in the class. It's just, like, a writing workshops, kind of. And my professor came from the Iowa Writers um, mm. Workshop, which is apparently a super prestigious workshop so she has a lot of experience and skills and she's really nice so i'm looking forward to actually writing some stuff mm-hmm. i feel like that will suit you well for your i don't know if you call them comics but more like storylines mm-hmm. with illustrations so your zines zines <laughs> yeah i'm excited fun. for that i didn't yeah. even know that that was a uh, a course offered in asian american studies uh, it's such a broad like yeah. department, I guess. One of my friends who graduated actually told me about this class and she was like you have to take it for me since i'm not there to take <laughs> oh. it so yeah. What about Ming? Um, Ming is very <laughs> excited. Is. Uh, this week was pretty good too. Like Linda, I don't have that many classes. I'm only taking three, and then I'm, everything else is just an internship credit. So this is the first semester where I'm actually like I don't know what to do because I don't have piles of homework already um, building up or anything. Mm-hmm. And same for me. Yeah, it's, it's just strange. It's weird. Like I guess this is what second semester senior year is supposed to be like. Hopefully mm-hmm. for a lot of you guys, but. Yeah, I just don't know what to do with myself. What are you kind of excited for? I think I'm most excited for um, just hanging out with friends more this semester, I guess. Um, I'm really trying to cherish this time that we have because this is our last semester and um, this might be the last time that we... This is the last time that we're all going to be living so close to each other in such a bubble. So um, while I'm still going to prioritize academics, I think that this is also a good time to get in those last... Um, bonding sessions mm, that we yeah. never got make to have or like yeah make some memories yeah. that because I don't think you can ever come back to this time in your life really mm-hmm. yeah, is there anything on your bucket list that you want to do um there's one thing that I don't know if I should say it but um it's a tradition at our school to climb the football stadium security because <laughs> <laughs> at the top of the stadium you can look out and see the Washington monument at night so I really want to do that. It's been on my bucket list since freshman year, but I've always been too chicken or the opportunity never um, ha- happened. So even though I've climbed other buildings, like you too, Lena, <laughs> um, this is the la- the one thing that I do really want to do before I graduate. So I guess I'll have to t- find time for that. Let's do it. You want to do it too? <laughs> right now. Right now? Okay, okay after this podcast, <laughs> you'll see us. We'll post it on Movie Catch Along. Anyways, I think we all have uh, a good semester lined up, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. What about Sally? How was your first week? Yeah, it's been pretty good. It's like both of you guys said, it's like been a chill week. Um, my labs haven't started yet, so that's when the labs start, that's when like the semester really starts mm. to pick up. 
but um, so far, like, I've enjoyed all my classes, and I actually got to see a bunch of people, like, even in the first week, I got a bunch, got to see a bunch of friends that I haven't seen in a while. Hmm. What yeah. are you most excited for? Um, I'm most excited to teach again, since mm. it's been two semesters since I've taught a lab. Um, I really like teaching, and it's actually, thing. it's actually, like, <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm doing grad school is because I like teaching, like, little undergrads. You want to teach, maybe? You're also an undergrad. Well, I think it's interesting to teach kids, and you always get a different bunch of kids, and you never know what to expect. She says kids mm. like she's not four foot nine. <laughs> okay, but are they younger than me? Yeah. <laughs> so what are, what are you teaching this semester? I'm teaching Oracle Wine. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I hope you don't have to fail I've too many. I've already taught it before, so I'm not too worried, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope. The the worst part about teaching is just the grading, honestly, but it should be fine. It's my last semester. Yeah, it's our last semester. It's fun. Spend a grading, climbing, yeah. buildings. That's our plan. Mm-hmm. So, well, now that we wrap, talked about our last first week of classes, let's bring it all the way back to Ooh. high school where we all met and this whole friendship began. <laughs> so, you may or may not know, but the three of us met in high school. Um, but we met each other in very separate ways because Sally and Linda already knew each other from middle school, elementary yeah, school, middle school. Middle school. Um, but I didn't meet them till high school, and then um, I met them separately. So should we start with high school, I guess? Yeah. How did you meet each of us, Ming? Okay. Uh, I first remember meeting Linda the first day of high school freshman year, and we had a biology class together. Oh, I remember now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a biology class, and. I remember specifically being very nervous because it was my first time. I'd been in public school for only one year at that point. So this was the first time that I was actually going to make friends and like I'd be there for four years. So I really wanted to make a good impression. And I remember we might have talked maybe in bio class or something or somehow we realized that we had lunch at the same time afterwards. So it was the it was you, me and two other girls. Lunch buddies. Lunch, lunch buddies. buddies. And I was like, okay, uh, we should eat lunch together or something like that. Can I sit with you? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing you all there. Um, and I was like, oh, they were in my biology class. And then I asked if I could sit with you guys. Oh. <laughs> because I didn't want to intrude. Unless you, if you guys were already friends. Were you friends? I think we were also like coming from the same class. But were so. you friends beforehand? I don't know. I don't oh. think so. Okay, anyways, basically that's the first day. That's how I met Linda. And I specifically remember when we were talking about our um, social media handle. Hey! <laughs> oh my god. Do you want to tell the public what your handle was, Linda? No. Back in high school. Okay, Linda, um, if you don't know already, her name, her handle right now is Bubble Tea. Even though she doesn't even like Bubble Tea. So, so <laughs> really, that's so ironic. Just throw them off the center. <laughs> but her username in high school was Chaos Quota. <laughs> Can you explain that, Linda? I don't even know what I was thinking. <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, you what need to explain I it. I just remember I was very like, okay. <laughs> it doesn't have your name in it, but okay. And then you explained it so that somehow it's like, chaos is the opposite of quota. And they're the opposite. <laughs> I just remember you saying that, and from that moment, I thought, wow, she's really weird. <laughs> Wait, so that and, was your question. And then we had Latin together. Mm-hmm. My first impression of Linda was, Okay, I mean, she's nice, but... Too alternative for you. kind of weird, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you were probably wearing your gorilla's shirt or something, uh, yeah. and oh, just yeah. very, like, I don't know, odd, <laughs> I guess. And then, yeah, eventually we had more classes together, especially being in, in the science and tech program. Um, and then we had Latin together. And then we, I moved to your neighborhood. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk on the bus you. now. 
because <laughs> I because we went to a magnet high school, sometimes the bus rides were really long. So I took that time as like time that I could be by myself alone. <laughs> and the little one summer you moved, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And then we we didn't have the same bus stop, but we got on the same bus, mm-hmm. and eventually we started talking on there more. And then because I remember I when the, you would miss the bus, you would run to my stop yeah. and, and get the bus. Yeah, but that was that was after freshman year, right? That was junior year. Yeah, because I, we didn't talk at all sophomore year. Like, I have oh. no recollection of you. We didn't you. have class together? We didn't have class together. Mm-hmm. I guess what we had established in freshman year wasn't enough <laughs> to keep it going. <laughs> but it was only junior year when she, like, moved to my neighborhood is when we actually picked it up again and started talking. Uh, those two other girls, like, we don't really talk to them anymore. Who are they? Yeah. <laughs> and then, wait, do you actually not know who they are? I don't know who they are. Okay, well, we'll tell you after. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then I met Linda in AP World, right? It was like meeting again almost. Wait, no, we were in physics together. Was, was, was it physics the same junior? Year? I think it was the yeah, same year. Okay, yeah. Yo, were we in like chem together too? You two were. AP I wasn't uh, in AP chem, but I met Linda again. I guess through physics, but I remember specifically AP World because we sat together. Oh, because it was the first class, and then we mm-hmm. just got off the bus yeah. and go. And then that's where Sally came in. <laughs> Because she was also in AP World, mm-hmm. and you two knew each other, and I was like, okay, I guess another one. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, um, eventually, the reason why I got close to Sally, too, is because Linda was like, I'm going to study with her for the SAT. You guys, you can join. And then we eventually started studying together in Panera. <laughs> I thought we all agreed to study together. Yeah. No, I thought it was like you two. you two invited me. How would I have known I Sally? I thought I invited both of you guys. I barely knew because you. Because you came as, like, a couple back oh, then. And the two of us? You were, like, together. I don't know. Oh, I guess because we like, would go home together. Yeah. yeah and we come in together. Yeah. Probably. Well, I actually don't remember my first impression of you. All I remember is studying at Panera. Like, my mind jumps <laughs> to your, that. You forgot all Because I was kind of nervous because I was really dumb. I'm still dumb at math. And you were like, I can help you with math. I'm like, no, don't help me. <laughs> That's all I remember. But if you want to start with your story from elementary school or middle school, or like how what was your fresh first impression of us, Sally? Me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, um, my first impression. So I met Linda in middle school. Yeah. Like eighth grade. I don't know if I knew. Oh, we were grade. in band. Oh we yeah. Band, I remember. You played yeah, a bassoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sally, bassoon. Sally played flute. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then so we met each other in seventh grade then, because band. But anyways, I didn't really talk to you in middle school because I guess we had different friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just saw you around, and I, I guess we somehow became we like somehow became yeah. friends in call not call, high school. <laughs> um, we had the technology class like oh, that oh, everyone yeah. had to take. <laughs> we had that Foundations class together. Yeah. yeah, and then we like we did nothing in that class, so we just mm-hmm. like talked to each other. I think. I don't oh know. Yeah, yeah, and then like. It was just like a casual friendship back then. Mm-hmm. Like I would just see, like I would see you in other classes, and we would like, I guess it, uh, in chem yeah. we it sat was just together. Like familiar because I already yeah. knew you from from middle school. Yeah, like, I feel like everyone in middle school was like pretty friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the good thing I liked about middle school. Like, yeah, I was still cool with people from there, even though we didn't see each other. Mm-hmm. It was like easy to bond. Yeah, and then. And then, I don't know, we were just casual friends until AP World when, I guess we had, like, a group, like, once Ming joined and, like, some <laughs> other people, like, William and Jethro. Yes, we remember you, Jethro. <laughs> yeah, Jethro. Shout out to Jethro. Uh, once we had, like, this group of friends, then I guess we, like, hung out more and got closer. Mm. But for Ming... My first impression? I think I met you in... I feel like my first impression of you wasn't in AP World. I think it was before then. 
I have no or memory. I, maybe it was in physics. I remember my first impression of you was you were like wearing that rugby shirt, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. No, no, <laughs> wait, before that, we don't. No, no, no. Before don't that, that back. <laughs> before that, I actually heard about you, but I didn't know who you were. So like, someone was telling me, okay, because it was like freshman year or something. Linda, freshman year. I think Linda was friends with you freshman uh-huh, year, yeah. and you guys like went home together or something. Oh, I don't know. Wait, do you live in the same? Oh, no. Remember, we came. I went over to your house and your mom did a tea. Yeah, it's when you still lived in Greenbelt. Oh, yeah. And you brought over those two other girls. Okay. Because you were going to like Greenbelt with her. Yeah. Someone was telling me that like this Asian girl that looked like me was going over to Greenbelt. (laughs) And they thought it was me. And I was like, who is this other little short Asian girl? We don't don't look about. I'm okay. I am three inches taller than Sally. We don't look alike. According to a lot of people, we look alike, but I don't... Racism. Just racism. <laughs> so that was your first impression? So that was my first, like, the first time I heard about you. I mm-hmm. think it was you. Like, I'm pretty sure it was you. Because there's no one else at this set. No other small yeah. Asian girl. <laughs> but, and then when I actually, like, start the first time I talked to you, it was like... Go back to when you called me cool. Uh, I thought you were like okay. <laughs> no. I wanted to ask you about rugby because I saw it on the girls' locker, oh, in the girls' bathroom a lot, mm-hmm. and I thought it'd be cool to do rugby. But I never thought I could do it because I was like so tiny. Mm-hmm. But then I saw you did it, so I was like, if she can do it, I can do it too. And this wow. is why we need representation. <laughs> yeah. So we became rugby teammates. Mm-hmm. That was I. I remember. I don't remember actually inviting you. I just remember telling you about it. But we had already known each other by then, right? maybe through AP World. I don't really remember. I don't think I would have talked to a random person about rugby. Um, but yeah, we were also yeah. on the rugby team for like a year and a half together. Mm-hmm. So, But what was your first impression of Linda? Or Linda? Of- I mean, we Linda. kind of already talked about... We were um, just like we people we saw each like, other. Like um, middle school buddies. Yeah. So yeah. it was really AP World or things. That was the catalyst. It was like yeah. junior, junior I didn't year. I didn't really have any like, really close friends mm-hmm. until junior year, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, I remember thinking in high school, like, up to junior year, I was like, okay, well, I haven't really found my friend group, so maybe this is just how it's going to be. Yeah, I was kind of sad in high school because I didn't really have close friends. Or, like, I would have certain, like, one or two friends, Mm -hmm. but they were, like, different. They weren't, like, a group. Yeah, Yeah. it's like you see one person on their own or there's a bunch of people you say hi to, but you're not, like, actual friends with them. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like movies and stuff had prepared me to be like, I'm going to sleep over at people's places. Mm -hmm. We're going to study together. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that didn't really happen until junior year. And then senior year, I think we got pretty close. We went to mm-hmm. prom together. We slept over at Sally's house a bunch of times. So I think that's really, really where when it started. Yeah. And then into college, we all applied to different places. But we all ended, ended up, up here. here. Of course, yeah. we ended up literally 15 minutes away <laughs> from our high school. Um, I guess I was happy, though, because then I already had, like, built-in friends yeah. coming into college. I know what I would do freshman year if I didn't have mm-hmm. people that I already knew because it was so big. Yeah. Also, like, coming from, like, Kenmore, which is, like, a magnet school, I know I was struggling because a lot of my friends from Kenmore didn't get into, like, mm-hmm. um, science and tech in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was another thing that you I didn't I feel like science and tech same... was a scam because they were, like, smart people that didn't get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I would see them around in Maryland, and, like, they're fine. Like, they're doing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, there's. I, the, don't know. I feel like there's always issues with those kind of systems Magnet where programs, you split yeah. people or track people. But I think part of it is also lottery, mm-hmm. like luck. Yeah, because I don't know how I got in. I didn't have great grades, really. They tell you how much you missed the cutoff by. Yeah. I was like two points. Yeah. yeah, it's because 
Wait, no, that was the, sorry. I had good grades, but I didn't do well on the test at all. Mm. Like I'm a very poor test taker, so I think it was literally just because of my grades that I got like I slipped in kind of. Mm. Um, like once we got to college, we had like another kind of group of friends. I think we like integrated into mm-hmm. that, but I think it was still like we the, were still the core. The core, yeah. Like, like really crust, so, yeah. <laughs> if we we're the earth, we we're the core, and we just add people to the mantle or crust. <laughs> so if you're listening to this right now and you think you're, you're friends, the mantle. you're the mantle. <laughs> but i think it is nice to have a solid friend group and i think it's all we're all introverts and i think maybe it's just in our personality to like i prefer smaller close friends group of friends than like a bigger group of friends that Mm -hmm. i have to like check in on and hang out with all the time i think we've gotten to the level where like we're so comfortable with each other that it doesn't even take effort to be friends with you guys Mm -hmm. like when we hang out we'll literally just like We'll be in the same place, but we won't, like, do anything. Do anything. We yeah. won't like, talk. One, <laughs> like, one time, one of our friends was with us, and we were just, oh, like, I felt so oh, bad. Yeah. We were just, like, on our phone, or, like, like doing, doing stuff, stuff on this podcast. Individually, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we weren't talking to, other, to each other, and we weren't, like, fun at all, and mm-hmm. she just left. She left. <laughs> so sorry, Christine. Okay, but this is, uh, yeah, I think that's something special about friend groups, is when you can just hang out with them and not have to put in effort. Yeah. I hate putting in effort. <laughs> And that, that sounds really lazy of me, but that's why being an RA is kind of hard for me. It's just like you're constantly like performing, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I... There's only a few people in this world that I don't have to perform for. I think you guys count as part of that, so... Oh, okay, don't that good? Yeah. You don't have to put an effort for us. <laughs> yeah, no effort. Easy breezy. <laughs> My favorite. But I, I, I mean, I think that's a significant part of why we're still friends too, because mm-hmm. even through college, we there were times when we didn't live with each other at all mm-hmm. like sally commuted like yeah. um like now yeah <laughs> but I, I was just thinking about like the times when we wouldn't really see each other or we had significant others or we were busy with other things especially during technica season i'm like super busy so but it's always like easy to come back we don't yeah. have to be we can constantly talking yeah yeah i feel like i honestly even text sally the least like compared yeah, to other I don't people text Sally at all. like yeah, i don't text her <laughs> but somehow we're like we're still able to come back and i think this podcast is actually a, i was telling my other friends the other day that i kind of like it because it's like a mandatory meeting <laughs> like we have to meet to yeah, record it's so it's, it's like true. a time we do get some FaceTime. yeah when we don't schedule it in i'll like hear about things that happen like a month after it already happened <laughs> so do you think we explained why or how we met yeah like the memories are like flooding back now yeah. because yeah. it was such a long time ago. It's like but, nostalgia boosts yeah. my brain. Just because so many things happened in college, like me and Sally and Ming like lived together, mm-hmm. and then freshman year we were always at Ming's, mm-hmm. Ming's room. Sorry, Hannah. And stuff like that. So somehow I just like pushed the high school stuff to the side, but mm-hmm. I think that's what like contributed to the bond, I guess, mm-hmm. because like I feel like the older I get, there's more value in having friends mm-hmm. who knew you when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I think as we get older, it's also harder to keep these friendships, especially mm-hmm. the ones that people that you don't see as often, because you really have to put in effort to reach out and like set up times to meet each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of effort, we prepared some <laughs> questions to kind of go around and I guess find out something new, uh, putting the effort to be vulnerable. I guess. Wait, Sally, can you give some background on this, these questions, or why specifically we decided to do it this way? Oh yes. So- <laughs> Psychology there study. There was a psychology study by the psychologist Arthur Aaron and others um, that <laughs> L. 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 <laughs> um, that came up with a series of thirty six questions where he claims that anyone who 
um, like any two straight heterosexual or, or, or homosexual, like any compatible strangers that go into a room and ask each other these 36 questions and then at the end <laughs> stare each other in the eyes for four minutes. After Which, are we going to do that? <laughs> So stay tuned to find out. <laughs> Anyways, anyone who d- does these things will fall in love. And um, there's also an essay by Mandy Len Catron um, in the New York Times about this, where she tried this social experiment out with, with an acquaintance, not a stranger. Um, and she also fell in love. So we thought it'd be interesting to try these questions. <laughs> and as the paper um, says, to quote this, to quote the study, one key pattern associated with the development of a close relationship among peers is sustained, escalating reciprocal and personal self-disclosure. In other words, mm-hmm. um, mutual vulnerability fosters closeness. So that is why we decided <laughs> to do this question. I think it's just interesting because I've seen videos on it on YouTube where um, two strangers ask each other questions and obviously we're not trying to like fall into a romantic love with each other necessarily but I think in a previous episode the relationships one we talked about how sometimes um, society or even ourselves prioritize romantic relationships over friendships and so I think like just because we're friends doesn't mean we can't do this question so I'm excited to maybe learn some more about you guys and also We'll have the um, research paper and the New York Times article linked. So, no, so check our Twitter for the links. But also, we're not doing the <laughs> the um, questions in the study itself. We're just kind of making our own questions. Well, I think mm-hmm. uh, I picked like one or yeah. two. They're kind of like inspired by this, the mm-hmm. questions that they listed, but we kind of put our own twist to it so it's more personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And more fun. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't need to know what your favorite song is. Yeah, I feel like I already know. <laughs> um, so, Linda, do you want to start asking your first question? Okay, Ming. What is your greatest accomplishment Me? in life? <laughs> uh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. My greatest accomplishment of my life. Yes, Ming. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's my greatest accomplishment. I guess so far. Mm-hmm. But I hope there's bigger and better things <laughs> out there for me. But I'd say my change in... I don't want to say personality because that makes me sound like I've changed myself. But I've definitely become more... Outgoing? Outgoing, yeah. I won't say extroverted, but outgoing and more sociable after freshman the summer between freshman and sophomore year of college and i think um this is really because i took a job as an orientation advisor which is like the person that leads you around during the summer before your freshman year and that was a big like out of my comfort zone kind of thing where i was on all the time i had to talk to parents and new students and i was on a staff with a bunch of extroverts and it was draining and every day i went to bed like counting the days until it was over but i think it really did help me develop like leadership skills and it made me more outgoing and more comfortable with speaking i still work on it like i'm still terrified in front of a class but in high school especially at the beginning i was a mouse i did not talk i went straight home so I think that had a role in really shaping who I am. And because of that, I've gotten, like, different jobs from it. Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't say it's an accomplishment because I didn't really – I don't know. I don't it's know like if I It's like rising achieved. to the challenge. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I, I remember thinking, like, one of the first nights there, I was like, what did I do to myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think at least taking it as a learning experience and not giving up on it immediately, I think I'm really proud of myself for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm proud of you, Ming. Wow. <laughs> But I definitely agree. I think you're you've become like the most 
sociable one yeah. out of the like three the of face, us. Like yeah. the, the, the face. Like, group. No. <laughs> like if someone talks to yeah. us, they'll talk to you first. I don't like, know. Especially how... passive people. You're oh, the yeah, ones they true. talk to. I actually don't know how that happened because yeah. even still now from my residence, I kind of avoid them. So I don't, I really don't know. I guess it just depends on the people, but mm-hmm. yeah, I guess. I don't know. You guys are really quiet too. So maybe it's just the company I keep. <laughs> it just makes me look better. <laughs> but Linda, does Sally have to answer this question? Yeah, Sally? No. That's the greatest accomplishment. Ugh. I think similar to Ming, uh, my accomplishment is more like internal and like working on myself rather than something physical. But I think um, in these past like few college years, I've like learned to be more independent and like be more comfortable with being by myself. And mm-hmm. right when I started college, like, you know, when you're a freshman, you see all these people eating together like mm-hmm. in the diner and I would feel really awkward, like just being by myself and eating mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. But now I'm more okay, even though I don't go to the diner anymore, <laughs> but I'd be more okay with like sitting by myself, like in stamp, um, like a communal area where like people might be with friends. I'm okay with like just being by myself and I can, I guess entertain myself and I have like I found like hobbies mm, that yeah. I like like I don't really like even if I'm bored like I don't want to scroll through social media as much now mm-hmm. I want to find things that like I generally are I'm generally interested in like I don't know like crocheting <laughs> like making clothes it's yeah. like random things but like I want to find things that I like I like to do besides just like mindlessly scrolling and Wait, not I, improving myself. I want to say something about that because I remember we were equally like into social media at, like freshman year or something like of high of college but then I remember at one point you're like I'm deleting Instagram because <laughs> it's taking up too much of my time and I, and internally I thought okay fine sure this will last like a week max mm-hmm. but you actually stayed off you stayed off of Snapchat and Instagram mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty admirable I or like I wish I could do that mm-hmm. and you like took that time to focus on other things and then eventually you have to come back for like I don't know just to check up on people <laughs> but like yeah. I don't know I, I wish I could like not go on it as much yeah yeah I well so for me like once I deleted it I mean at the beginning, it's kind of hard because you're not used to it and you don't know what to do with yourself when, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, you have filter time and you're, like, yeah. bored, you're waiting for stuff. My thumb touches. Yeah, yeah, like, so that's why, I, that's why I download Instagram again. <laughs> but, like, Snapchat, I really don't like Snapchat mm-hmm. because you're constantly comparing yourself to, like, mm-hmm. other people that you see and, like, you're seeing, like, when you see other people and, like, their notifications, they're like, oh, I'm not getting as many snaps as them. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel bad about myself for that, so... Like, I deleted it. And also, streaks are stupid. Yeah, it's a social construct. I, people <laughs> actually email Snapchat to get their streaks back. Yeah. For that's what? Just, that's when you know you're in yeah. deep. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh, when we were coming back from Taiwan, Sally was like, you want to go on a solo trip. So yeah. I feel like you wouldn't have really said that before, like, oh, when no. you were younger. Yeah. yeah. Or even, <laughs> like, when younger, like, high school or even beginning of college. Yeah, college. Like, I... Yeah, I can't imagine right now going on a solo trip, so mm-hmm. I think Sally has definitely become... The pioneer. If I'm the face, <laughs> then Sally's the pioneer. <laughs> She's the more independent. Also, uh-huh. commuting, like, I would never be able to commute. I don't know. I'm, I like being around, like, You just don't want to drive. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm it okay is really driving. hard, like, especially my first semester commuting. I felt, like, a lot of FOMO because mm-hmm. it was really hard to, like, go back to campus after I was home to, like... I, actually, I couldn't go back to campus <laughs> after I was home to, like, participate in things. Or you would text me after I already went home mm-hmm. and be like, oh, oh we're yeah. doing this together. I'm like, oh, I'm already at home. Mm-hmm. And I would feel really bad about that. But after I got over that initial, like, 
like FOMO, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just learned to accept like I can be I can do fun things at home by myself mm-hmm. yeah. too. Like I don't have to, oh I don't have to always be with people to afford. I feel like even like now when I text you about something that's happening, you're like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And <laughs> something will happen next time. So yeah. yeah, I think I guess we both answered your question. That being said, yeah. still invite me to think <laughs> <laughs> The FOMO is still a little yeah. bit there. But yeah, I think I don't know. When you asked this question I had mm. to think on the spot, and I... Yeah. I mean, it was, a, like, kind of a lofty question, but mm-hmm. I like how you guys, like, kind of digested it and gave some, like, mm-hmm. introspection. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, um, right. I can move on to my question now for the two of you. Um, if you weren't doing this career path or what you're on um, that you chose, what would your career path be? And... I don't want to hear, like, oh, I would be, Does that like, be, like, really different from It doesn't have to be really different, but, like, if, I don't know, maybe just if you didn't have this major, what would you be doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are some things that when you were younger you had daydreamed about and, like, kind of gave up? Okay, I still daydream about this. <laughs> Sorry, Sally. Oh, you go first. Her cart. I do Wait, My, you're cart? Oh, yes. I want, okay, there's a lot of alternative things <laughs> that I would do. Go I mean, off. Either go a off. dumpling cart or, like, kind of like the ones when we were in Taiwan or, like, a vegetable cart oh, or fruits cart. fruits cart, you know, something like that. But also, like, going through the stores, like, when you go to Georgetown, you see all the shops, I really want to be, like, a storefront designer. Oh. And you know how the people have, like, displays in their stores mm-hmm. and make them, like, super really fancy or, like, the, the Louis Vuitton thing mm-hmm. was, like, a huge padded thing. <laughs> I think yeah. that would be a lot of fun to just design storefronts. That's such like a niche, 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 yeah. niche, niche yeah. thing. Like, but someone has to do it, I guess. Yeah. But usually it's like up to like the store themselves to do it. But I wish there was an opening for like a job to read mm-hmm. to like a consultant or something to go mm-hmm. around. Yeah. That's actually similar. Well, one of the things I wanted to do was interior design. Oh. Um, but that's just like a while ago before I learned that like I don't want to make art into a, a hot mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. But. Um, what I really wanted to do before I learned like how boring this job was was a forensic scientist oh. because when I was growing up I watched this Chinese drama or TVB drama called Fasting Xingfeng or Forensic Heroes it, had, it was a whole series like it had a three it had three series mm-hmm. like it was conti- oh no four actually now and I, I love following it growing up like they were so cool they made it so dramatic <laughs> even though yeah. like in real life forensic science I don't think it's that like it's not as fun it's just as like data. did yeah. you take forensic science in high school? no I did not because I heard how boring it was it was boring <laughs> okay forensic science unless you're a crime scenes investigator mm-hmm. yeah which at that point it's depressing but if you're just in the lab, you're literally just running the same samples over and over again. Yeah, like DNA mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But being yeah. like the forensic artist might be fun. Yeah, that yeah. would be something. That would be really cool, but I don't, I'm don't. i not good at drawing faces. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I remember from our earlier episode when we did the Myers-Briggs and the careers um, episode, didn't they say that you would be suited for forensics? I think or so. Or something of the yeah. sort? Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I said Ming would be interior de- designer, though. Eh, eh, mm. eh, no. <laughs> but I kind of see how, like, I don't know, the creative sides are, like, the alternatives, maybe? Or, like, when you said you didn't want to make your hobby of art into, like, a career, I kind of, under like, agree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really hard, like, not to monetize or try to put, like, monetary value behind mm-hmm. your art. Or mm-hmm. maybe you could speak on this, Lena, but I feel like 
at this point, I don't like saying I'm an artist because I just like to draw on my own time. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to have to feel like I have to like pressure, yeah, post about it or mm-hmm. like sell it or something. When like I that. really yeah. discovered that was when I took AP art and had like deadlines that I had to meet and like things that had to that had to be up to a certain like quality, mm-hmm. and it really stressed me out to like meet those standards and it kind of put a block on me also on my like ability to mm-hmm. think creatively and stuff. Mm-hmm. Linda, if anything you see. As an, artist. as an artist yourself well do you call yourself an artist first of all yeah okay but that's because i'm like kind of involved like i take commissions and things like that but i don't really like advertise myself so if someone asks me to like do something then like i'll take the job but i'm not like like open i guess mm-hmm. or like advertising myself so that's one way i kind of like regulate that or i just like doodle things and post it on instagram to kind of like document my mm. own growth because i've really been into like making animations recently and i've seen yeah <laughs> so it's like i just like like going through and like looking back on the stuff i used to post in high school and it's just like my own like blog kind mm. of mm-hmm. yeah i guess the way you approach it can really mm-hmm. change like your perception of art mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was yeah. a fun question yeah. yeah all right now it's my turn um so i'll start off with a relatively easy question Mild question. Mild question. <laughs> what is mild? <laughs> what is something you admire about each other? Like not you, not you. Just no. Like you have to say one for each of us. Okay. Oh, great. Who wants Mingy. to start? Don't call me that. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like we touched on it kind of already. Like hearing how Sally has developed is just so admirable. But uh. <laughs> um, if I could think of something else, um. <laughs> I'm not cutting that, man. No. Um, I admire how Sally is academically dedicated, but not in the way where she feels like she. I'm talking to you. Where you don't feel like you're forced to study, or maybe you do, but you're still interested in what you do, which I find really admirable because I personally could not spend that time like reading papers or doing research in a like a a lab like a science I don't know how you say it, lab all day mm-hmm. um so even when you talk about like just now when you were talking about the test or the survey study you got really excited the questions study <laughs> you got really excited just talking about that you got excited about talking about teaching your students and mm-hmm. I think that love of I don't know if it's academia or science, science yeah. or biochemistry biochemistry forensics just, whatever it is it's just, I like to learn yeah like you're everything. you're always and you never, like, like you wanted to take a beer-making class this semester. That we both oh, dropped. We both dropped it. <laughs> well, even still, like, you're, I think you're really taking advantage of the opportunities on campus, mm-hmm. and especially academically. And I kind of regret not doing that as much. But, yeah, I admire that about you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Linda. <laughs> I admire how well you do with words and as you can tell i'm not good with words i think, I think you're pretty good, yeah, with words. pretty good but i think the way you write your papers your research papers which aren't traditionally like um number heavy they're more about like mm. interview based you would say i think the way you write about it even reading your grad school application essay i think Oof. you're just so <laughs> eloquent about things that kind of make me nervous to talk about like social mm. just social justice your feelings art in general you're just very eloquent and you, i feel like you know the words to say and even if you 
you feel like you don't, it just comes off that way. I remember nice. your in senior year of high school, your um, college app essay. Even mm-hmm. that was like pretty. I was really impressed. Was with it you. the lightning bugs one? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I just remember being impressed. <laughs> she wrote about being an artist. Okay, I remember when you wrote about going or catching lightning bugs in Mongolia or something oh, yeah. like that. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm not getting to any college. Yeah. I just feel like the way you write brings up so many different emotions. And I, I don't know. I like reading Ooh, your writing. That's nice. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, Wait, go, start with Sally. Start with Sally? What? Wait, wh- I'm, well, I am I about Sally? Yes. Okay, I feel like me and Sally have, like, our values kind of align. Like, you're the one who, like, introduced me to Mountain Girl and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And then we would, like, I guess be fans of K-pop together. Mm-hmm. And, like, I really only show that side to you. Like, I know I talk about, like, fandom, like, professionally or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, to reveal my own... <laughs> reveal like, my own feelings. Yeah, my yeah. own feelings. I guess, like, still the thing is, like, being a fan is kind of, like, stigmatized. Or, like, you're, like uh like a fangirl like you're mm-hmm. superficial but like when me and Saya would watch the survival shows together and we would like watching it raw watching it raw <laughs> and then we like agonize over like these kids and then we mm-hmm. all have like like me and Sally have I, I feel like Sally has like this like sympathy and like wanting people to like succeed and like seeing hard work and just kind of that like I don't know that <laughs> value is kind of hard to put into words oh someone's <laughs> kidding Huh? No, I thought you were getting teary. <laughs> you can cut that part. <laughs> cut. I'm not cutting that. Yeah. No. No moving cuts. On. Okay, moving along. Um, yeah, I like how how Sally is like very comfortable space for me to just like like express these things and yeah, grow in that type of way. Okay. Well, Ming. <laughs> Um, I guess, like, you're a very, like, honest person, like, I remember oh. in, like, you just, like, can't really, like, freshman year. Oh, like, you, no. Like, oh, no. No, just, like, when she, every time, like, something happened, oh. she would, like, I don't know, she would be very traumatic and I, say everything yeah. to her. But you know that meme where it was, like, um, where it's, like, I just talked to a boy, I can't let my friends yeah. know, and then it's, like, that guy, like, at the podium with, like, a million, like, microphones. <laughs> I, I feel like that's an insult, <laughs> but I admire that about Ming because, like, when you like say all these things like reciprocal vulnerability, it mm. makes me want to like also share. So that's what I admire because I can't do it by myself. You have to so. beat it out of, out of Linda. Yeah. You have to beat it out of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, also like I remember Ming when we were in high school and stuff. Like, and then we were all like. Actually, I don't know how to say this, but we all, like, cheat on the physics test, and then you would, like, refuse. Police. Police. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like that was kind of justified, um, <laughs> considering the circumstances. Oh, my God. Ming, Ming would not. She would be like, I can't, and, like, that's admirable. <laughs> okay. In summary, Ming has good morals. Yeah, Ming has a good moral. A principled youth. Ooh, okay. I'm starting <laughs> to fall in love. <laughs> Next question, Linda. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is one memory that's very vivid that you want to take away from UMD? Ming, why don't you start? <laughs> Sally. You're going to have to answer it eventually. Um, I think this is a memory that I've 
so I journal, right? So I, I reflect a lot on stuff that happens. Yes, yes. So I feel like I've reflected on this moment so many times that it's the first thing that came to mind. And it's when I met Jesse or one of our friends. <laughs> Jesse. No, and they, they laugh because I did have a crush on him. Like I had a crush on everyone. But he meeting him at a party was like one of the, the things that kind of I don't want to be dramatic and say transformed, but it really did shape my college experience, I think. Not because of him specifically, because one man is not that great, but because of him, I've met other friends. And because of those friends, I met other friends, and it just was like a domino effect. And so I've journaled about it and thought about like what would have happened if I didn't meet him. I mm. There was a whole friend group I would have missed out on because there was no way I could have met them otherwise in my mind. I don't think so and because of that we've formed this friend group and that was really strong sophomore year i'd say Mm -hmm. and we really got to know those people and it was different because we did come into college with our friend group Mm -hmm. and so i thought that okay maybe i'll just stick with this friend group but then we were able to integrate their friend group into our friend group and it was just like a bunch of people that i enjoyed hanging around and okay (laughs) i would not say that and like Okay, Sally, you just ruined the moment. That's Sally's memory. An orgy. I don't remember that. Um, but yeah, I, I just think college would have been different. And yeah. I don't want it to go to his head, so hopefully he's not listening. I remember the morning after we had an emotional breakfast after that party. Emotional? <laughs> it was your, you were being emotional. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sally's, Sally's turn. Emotional breakfast. Oh, um, oh. One, I guess the best memories I have from uh, UMD that are like i guess exclusive to college like i mean i would say this podcast and like getting a relationship and stuff like that but like more unique i guess we're not unique it's just like being in ming's bed uh (laughs) (laughs) like Uh, explain please no freshman freshman year we would just like be in her room like on her bed (laughs) for hours and it was like we did nothing but it was just like such a fun time for us back then why did like, I don't remember why did you guys come to my room and not why I don't, don't we know you were just like the farthest and yeah it was like next to it was like I the think central. it's because you had Hannah and we wanted Hannah mm. but uh, yeah it was like when it, when she stepped into a room it was like time and space do not matter a black hole a black hole yeah. <laughs> and we were just there for like hours on mm-hmm. end but it was fun like I don't know what we did but it was fun and and then also like we had a like a group of girls that we were like. Mm. Um, hang out together. And then yeah. the next morning we have like Literally our table talks. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Anyways, we would have our table talks like the next morning and like table talks. Reflect. Oh, I, yeah, really I, miss, yeah. I really miss those table talks and like the group of girls that we went on with. Hey. And I really hope we can all get together. Shout out to Hannah because she was a really patient roommate. Yeah. <laughs> they were literally all over my bed and the floor up to like four in the morning. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> It's like something that we can never like do anymore, I mm-hmm. guess, because we don't, I don't have that room. Yeah, I, it's not the same. It, it's yeah. really not, and I wish I don't know. It's hard because I'm. Don't you try to like be in the moment and just enjoy it or whatever? But at the same time, like, is this a moment I need to remember like for the rest of my Back life? Back then, we were just like, like this yeah, is like no. everyday life yeah. for yeah. We like yeah. remember the feeling, yeah. but it's. I'm kind of like sad now once you said that 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 can mm-hmm. never happen again. Like, yeah. there's too many things in the way, and like mm-hmm. that situation would just never. Dang, okay. Yeah. I'm in my feels now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, whose turn is it? All right, it's Ming's turn. My turn. Um, yeah, taking a break from maybe reminiscing a bit, what's the best part about being Asian American? 
because I think one of the unique things about this podcast is that we're all Asian American and we've talked about that. We reference it a lot. So what is your personal best part or your favorite thing about being Asian American? And we'll start with Linda. Favorite thing about being Asian American? That's a good question. <laughs> okay, that's what you say on an essay where you don't know what to write. Yeah. I mean, I guess like coming from like high school, there wasn't a lot of Asian Americans, mm-hmm. but there also wasn't a lot of white people either. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a different like background than a lot of Asians here in college who came from like more like Asian or like white dominant mm-hmm. um, like places. So I feel like I really appreciated my ethnicity because I had the feeling of like being a minority really early on Mm -hmm. so I think I guess being the best part of being Asian American is kind of the community like joining Micah being in TASA things like that because it was like going to college was like for the first time I was around like Asian organizing or like other Asian peers other than my own family Mm -hmm. or like you guys in high school but like, (laughs) like like the identity wasn't really salient back in high school so yeah when you got when you get older (laughs) anyways i guess like when you when you get older you kind of um face more challenges that relate to your race so having this community really made it Mm -hmm. um like made you develop more Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's really the the best part i guess other than like the food and like (laughs) other things yeah and like i said you're so eloquent eloquent that wasn't very eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Sally. I agree with Linda. Well, that's not what I was, was going to say, but I just want to add that, like, the Asian community on campus was so, like, welcoming compared... And, like, I feel like... I don't know, like, other kinds of people don't really have that kind of, um, like, that large, like, welcoming group of people. What I was going to say is... Um, I guess, like, the best part for me is, like, the rich culture that you get as an Asian-American because you also you get to experience, like, the culture of your, like, Asian, like, parents, but you also mm-hmm. have, like, American culture because mm-hmm. you're born here and, like, raised here, so you get, like, kind of, like, best of both worlds. You, so you get, like, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but you get to experience, like, two different things, and you get, just get to participate in a lot more. Yeah. 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 Those are such yeah. good it's answers. It's hard to answer yeah. questions because you can't really imagine your mm-hmm. life without being Asian-American, mm-hmm. and I feel like... Mm-hmm. Well, something that, like, I didn't get to talk a lot about is, like, if I wasn't an Asian American, I wouldn't have gotten involved in, like, social activism Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. like, paying attention to, like, identity politics and things like that, which led me to understand different identities, like, um, like, disabilities, socioeconomic status. I think it all stems from, like, being Asian American, being, like, a racial minority, which lends to, like, you being more open to understanding other like marginalized groups mm-hmm. i think i asked this question because although we have like wow representation hollywood now like mm-hmm. these examples of it it's still like a thing to be um laughed at if you are asian american or there are still slurs and jokes about us out there especially with coronavirus going around yeah, i have yeah. noticed more yeah. like anti-asian uh sentiment yeah. kind of anti-chinese like more specifically, specifically yeah um but i think like what you touched on is like being asian american is a privilege and it like teaches you so much or it mm-hmm. it all it's almost like a catalyst that you need to get more involved because I, I agree I don't think mm-hmm. I'd be as involved in such a community if I wasn't right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and there is a lot of like privilege in being Asian so just like mm-hmm. understanding all of that was um was very valuable all right Sally uh we're running out of time so you can ask 
the last question. question before we get to our uh, listeners' questions. All right, real quick, <laughs> let's share. Well, you guys share one thing that none of us know. So one thing about you. Can we start with Linda? Can we pause? Then okay. We'll start. Uh, <laughs> okay. I guess I'll start. Um, this took a kind of a long think because I feel like I've told you guys a lot, but there was in the past I was a very dark child. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know. I was kind of emo. Not emo, but yeah, I had some rough times. <laughs> I'm, I'm being dramatic again. Anyways, we had two pet gerbils. If you don't know what they are, they're kind of like hamsters but with tails, <laughs> which I'll get to. Um, so yeah, they they were two cute little uh, gerbils that I begged my mom for a dog. So instead, she got us gerbils, <laughs> and they're fun. Fa- yeah, we got our dogs later, but this was before we had a dogs and. Their gerbils are fun, but they kind of just don't want to interact with you. They kind of just do your own thing. So one day, I remember it was um, early middle school or late elementary school, and I came home, and my job was to, like, clean their um, cage and give them food and stuff. And so one time I was doing that, but then I wanted to play with one of them, and they're they're very scared of me, at least. And so they were just, like, kind of trying to hide. So I tried to pick it up, one of them, and I... They're very small, so you're supposed to just be able to scoop them up, but it kind of ran. So, in my panic, I grabbed it by the tail. <laughs> and I f- started freaking out because when I grabbed it by the tail, the tip of its tail came off. <laughs> like, fully, like, off. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like a clean cut off. Like a worm. Yeah! <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't like... I, okay, it wasn't, so it wasn't the whole tail. It yeah, it wasn't it. the whole tail. It still had a tail, and it wasn't bloody or anything. It was just literally, like, Ew. like the, maybe not just the tip, maybe, like, a tip and an inch. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, off. It was probably, like, shredding then. Was like Yeah, the okay, so that's what I told myself. I was like, maybe it's, like, a snake where it just, like, it was ready to come off. But it was literally, <laughs> I was holding a thin little hairy bit in my hand. And then my mom was, like, I could hear her keys in the door. So I... <laughs> I was panicking. I, I didn't know what to. I knew she'd be mad at me because this is like animal abuse in my mind. So, um, I no. <laughs> I hid the tail piece under the the bedding in their cage. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll come back for it later. And I never came back for it. Oh my god! It's still there. I mean, they died. So eventually, we cleaned uh, the cage out. They but died with their own tail. Under I mean, it went back to where it belonged, I guess. But I was traumatized from that honestly That's some killer Imme- behavior no <laughs> immediately after i was like googling like is it normal for gerbil tails to fall off or like what happens or are they in pain there was google yeah it was all it was like beginning of middle school oh i thought you were really little no no no, no, no. i was i was cognizant of my wrongdoing <laughs> i knew this was bad um anyways i don't i don't remember what i ended up finding but eventually i kind of just forgot about it or like pushed it back to my brain so A repressed memory that's something you guys didn't know about me, I guess. Wow. <laughs> Linda, do you have story from else? Ming? Okay, another childhood story. <laughs> I think I may have told Sally about this, but then it doesn't when... count. Whatever, just, just okay. Well, when I was, I was like pretty active on Twitter in middle school, and I was also like a K-pop fan back then, like just like starting out, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I was online with my other friend, and then somehow. I had a roleplay account. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, can you? What, I did not what, know what does that this. mean? What does that mean? It's like when you like pretend to be like you roleplay as like a celebrity or like a fictional character. Who did you roleplay as? 
Okay, that's classified. No. No. Okay, this was when EXO was coming out. So which EXO so member? I was Chris from EXO. Oh, you five. Wait, how does that work? Do, don't people know it's not like real? No, there's it's like, just like other pretend. Yeah. Oh. So there's like other people also role playing, and it's like a community, and like you guys have your like your own little drama with. <laughs> yeah, and then we would like pretend and like get into character and stuff. <laughs> Oh my god, Linda! Scandalous. <laughs> I cannot I see you doing this. I don't know what I was doing, like, what character I was getting into, because what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, I would go home in middle school, vlog on the Twitter, and, like, go to, like, my other account and be like, hey guys, because... Like, <laughs> because you would follow, like, other people who are, like, also in the role-playing. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it was kind of fun, because, like, it wasn't, like, weird, like, role-play or something. It was, like, people like just like talking to each other uh-huh. or but it was nice because like we didn't like at each other on twitter because it was just like, a closed group and then mm-hmm. you could just like follow whoever um mm-hmm. so that was kind of fun but like i was like am i having a stroke <laughs> <laughs> do you still have this account i need to know i have this account. <gasps> we will see their seats after this episode huh? yeah you're gonna show us the handle <laughs> you're gonna show us uh anyways that was really spicier than i thought it was gonna be honestly so, good questions, guys. Do you think that we fell in love a little bit? Now. <laughs> Back to what you were waiting Wait. for. <laughs> I fell in love? Okay. <laughs> we didn't get to look each other in the eye yet. Okay, after <laughs> after we film or record this. You have four minutes of silence while you look each other in the eyes. <laughs> I don't know whose eyes look. <laughs> One eye for each of you? In a triangle. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving oolong. Okay, so our first viewer question is... Listener. Oh, listener, listener question. Sorry, sorry. How to make friends in college, or how long did it take you to find your people? Hmm. Mm, I feel like our story time kind of answered this a little, but if you want to go on, Sally. I guess yeah. I was kind of biased because we already had, like, we already knew each other in college, but for me, like... My friends outside of our friend, like common friend group, it was through my like living and learning program. So I was in the scholars program, and we all lived together on the same floor and like took the, some of the same classes. So we kind of knew each other. And then at the beginning of the school year, we also had this like, camping trip and like service days. They were kind of designed for us to get to know each other. So it was kind of through that that I met my other best friends. Oh, 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 oh! oh okay. <laughs> I mean, good friends. <laughs> And it took a while, like, even when, after we had those bonding, like, experiences, it wasn't, like, we were friends immediately. It was just, like, seeing each other, um, like, I guess, like, pretty often, routinely, and then, like, getting to know each other, eating, like, dinner or lunch and dinner together sometimes. That's how you actually, it takes a while for you to, like, Mm -hmm. find your your people, I guess, and, like, find people that you're comfortable with. But Mm -hmm. I think it was definitely, like, living together with them helped a lot. And I think if if this question is more, like, for advice, mm-hmm. um, I, I agree with Sally that it takes time, and I think that movies and TV shows lie to you mm-hmm. about how mm-hmm. fast it can happen. Like, it can definitely happen, yeah. like, quickly, but um, I wouldn't stress if you haven't found your friends group yet, because if we go back to high school, Sally and I both said that we f- felt stressed or sad because we didn't find our friend group until, like, junior year. Mm-hmm. Like, we thought we were missing out on stuff, and it does take time because it's all... It really is just about how much time you spend with yeah. someone. So you have to accumulate that time. So I wouldn't 
if you are worried about this, I don't know if you are. The but also, if you're not really like meeting anyone, maybe you could try joining an organization, like student organization, mm-hmm. and you would actually like to meet, like find people that you are actually comfortable with. You have to put in effort, mm-hmm. of course. You have to like go to meetings and go to like their hangouts and stuff like that, and try to like talk to people mm-hmm. when you're there. Yeah, I mean, just like getting involved. It seems kind of like self-explanatory, but um, I guess like for me, like getting a lot. of like job experience and like RA stuff and like going to mm-hmm. clubs mm-hmm. um it just like helps you build a routine with people and also I guess like following up like if you say like, oh let's hang out sometime just be like have like a specific mm-hmm. time and then you'll actually like get more used to seeing that person yeah that is really good advice because I feel like people flake so much in college it's mm-hmm. just natural because you're so busy that if you do actually want to get to know people or hang out you have to set up those specific times or else it's not gonna happen yeah. also social media is pretty good for staying in contact like mm-hmm. we think social media is like pretty superficial or like it doesn't suit that purpose or whatever but if you see someone post just like comment on it mm-hmm. or like slide in the dms ask <laughs> friends no i've done that before yeah. you, you build another formal relationships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, next question. What is the best slash worst part of being an orientation leader slash RA? This is for you, Ming and Linda. Yeah. Okay, um, Ming, talk about orientation. So, I guess. <laughs> um, orientation, if you don't know, I, we mentioned it earlier, but it is that time um, when you're getting introduced to the university or college um, during the summer before your freshman year. And most of the time, it's student um, employees or student staff that's leading those groups or those uh, programs. And so that's what I did my summer between freshman and sophomore year. And the best part of it was, I think, what I mentioned earlier, just my own personal growth that I um, gained from that, coming out of my shell, being more social, being forced to speak in front of groups of people. And I think you have to be in a place where you're open to that, because if you're not, then you're just going to, I mean hate it the entire time and not want to do it at all but if you're open to that that's a really good way to just get some leadership um experience and then it looks great on your resume but also you just get to have a fun summer and now depending on your university or for me it was like compensated so it was kind of a win-win but the worst part of it was for me it was draining to be around so many extroverted people all the time always having to perform basically you are representing the university and during that time there had been a few um I don't know if I would say scandals but negative press or media about um the university where um they weren't protecting their students things were going like off the walls basically and you had to stand there representing the university and even though you had your own personal beliefs about it um you were an employee so you basically had to sell the school so did that you ever get questions from parents we did that, that was mm-hmm. um that was the summer after the um the the shooting of the, oh, the lieutenant yeah the um, the murder of lieutenant um I forgot. Richard, Collins. Richard Collins yeah Richard yeah. Coll- <laughs> Richard Collins and so we got a lot of safety questions from parents mostly mm-hmm. and they were like do you feel safe on this campus and like um how do you think the university is addressing it Mm -hmm. and we're allowed and we're encouraged to share our own experiences but like I can't just say that like no this university sucks and they should be doing more like you had to still represent and that was kind of hard and it's kind of hard still I think even because I feel like the same way about like my friends and my family where like I'm allowed to like hate the like uh wish they could be better but like if someone comes after 
my friends or family, I will defend them. Mm-hmm. So not to that extreme because I don't love the university that much. But in a similar way, I do have good experiences. So even though people were hearing bad things, I mm-hmm. still wanted to mm. emphasize the good stuff. Yeah. You have more to say about like RA? Or... RA is the same thing. Like RA. it's a lot of extroverted energy, a lot of people around having to talk to residents, but you do grow a lot from it. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything to add? Um, I guess the best part of being in RA is that you get kind of thrown into situations, you have to adapt pretty quickly, and I found that I'd become more, like, comfortable or, like, more responsible with, like, crisis management, with emergencies. Um, I haven't experienced much, but things like just, like, shutting down a party where you have to be kind of authoritative, which is something I really struggled with, but through, like, the RA role, you have a lot of support from your staff, from, like, your supervisor, or, like, from your friends, so... I feel like now it's like is is NVD like I can shut down your party. Um, She'll not that grab your white cloth. <laughs> <laughs> not that I like enjoy like shutting down parties, but if it's like part of your job and you're like more comfortable doing it, you kind of like approach situations in your own life with more confidence too. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a good part about uh, being an RA, and then like the worst part. I mean, it's just kind of like bureaucratic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like random expectations mm-hmm. that are like useless things in the job that we don't even like we don't really need to do um but like the university like kind of makes us or i think they expect a lot from us because our job isn't very like like structured mm-hmm. so and then we're on duty and mm-hmm. anything can happen so like one night you could have like 10 incidents and that that would like suck so much so there really isn't that like standardization or like protection from mm-hmm. you if you do go through um like a traumatic event or like something like puts you in in -hmm. danger or something so yeah kind of going off of that one thing one advice tip i have is um like linda said the ra position and the orientation position was very broad Mm -hmm. and they were kind of like it's in your contract so i would advise you to read your contract (laughs) because even though we're just students and we just want this job we just want money or something Mm -hmm. i would still suggest you read the contract get in uh familiar with contract terms so that when you do get like a legit job like after college you can Mm -hmm. read your contract but yeah definitely read your contract because there are like not hidden things in there but expectations they have of you that you might not know of or you should be available at th- these points of times that you yeah. might not have known you about. You do, like, inspections. You yeah. You do, like, interviews. So that may shape what you expect out of the job or if you even want to do it. So I would definitely recommend you read your contract yeah. <laughs> before you sign it. Yeah. If you're interested in things like student affairs, this is a great opportunity because you really get an insider view about how universities operate or specifically how, like, resident life and, like, yeah, higher education kind of goes about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next okay. question. Um, so how do you know your career is meant for you? I don't know. What, yeah, what I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's a really hard question, again, because we're just seniors in college. Just. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, yeah, I feel like we have learned, like, I've definitely changed my mind about my career since high school, like, since I wanted to be a pilot in elementary school. So, like, things, yeah, things have changed, but I don't think you'll ever know. Or at this point, I don't know, because... At this, we don't have real life experience. Mm-hmm. We have internships, but it's not the same as going to a job every single day, working mm-hmm. it for years. So, honestly, I'm at this point, I'm stressed about it, but I'm not like, I'm just gonna let it happen. I think like you, you can choose a career by envisioning what would most suit you, but you don't really know until you do it. But even once you start your career, it's not like you're locked in. You can mm-hmm. always change it. Like, 
halfway through you don't like just because you graduated college doesn't mean you can't change your career so yeah don't be too stressed about like knowing for sure what you want to do right now just try out what you think might work for you yeah also like um the question about how you know a career is meant for you i think that kind of erases the agency you have in like influencing your own career and like like changing that career Mm -hmm. to better suit yourself because like many many different roles have been changed by the people in them so you do have that degree influence as well it's kind of broad but i don't like as someone with no career then yeah that's all i can kind of like say that's what i kind of want to do yeah i think like the education system ever since we were little has kind of put us in this mindset that you have to go to high school you have to graduate high school you have to go to college you have to graduate college and honestly we don't have to do we didn't have to do any of that like like that's what is good and you become a reliable citizen in society but honestly you didn't have to make any of those choices and it's the same way when it comes to career that you could go to grad school you could get a job you could not you could do something else like i'm trying to get out this mentality that i see all my friends going to grad school or i see all my friends going to med school and i'm like what am i doing or should i even get this job in this career but at the end of the day like sally said you can switch you can change you have that if you might have that privilege to be able to change and if not then hopefully your family will like help support that but like you're not stuck most times so don't stress about it especially if you're only in college now which i have a feeling you are (laughs) so uh next question it's kind of similar how to transition past college i yeah i'd say it's the same thing where we're still figuring that out we're not even there yet we're not even there yet so we can't really speak on it but i guess it's more of the it's more of like i don't know more trying to figure yourself out and see what you're comfortable with and um i guess um, it depends on whether or not you have like things laid out for you or like what your plans are but if you're unsure about your future you should just i guess choose make your own decisions and try to choose what you think would work best but don't get too stuck on it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree and well hopefully this podcast will continue as we transition out of college and so we'll keep updating we'll find out. yeah and we'll definitely find out so for our next question our listener asked how to get over heartbreak any insights um i'd say that i've been lucky enough that i really haven't experienced romantic heartbreak or mm-hmm. any type of heartbreak really mm-hmm. um i don't know if this is being specific to romantic or not so i don't think i can really speak on romantic what about heartbreak? The heartbreak for a dog <laughs> <laughs> i mean i there has been death in my family <laughs> my dog my great-grandma has died um people have died that uh, starting people that i know um like my grandma's friends that i was close with have started dying which is kind of sad but i don't know if it's heartbreak it's just that same feeling of mourning almost but mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like romantic heartbreak is different because they're still alive <laughs> and as much as it hurts they're still there but yeah i can't really speak on that can you guys not really I not like none of us have yeah. this kind of experience so it's kind of i mean we've experienced like rejection mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. but i don't think it's like gone to that extent of heartbreak it's just like like ouch a little bit do you want to give a quick tip on how to like deal with rejection maybe have you personally experienced rejection is one that ever rejected what you're the one rejecting rejecting people oh i mean it goes both ways so that's a tip to help you deal with rejection reject people (laughs) no but like the same way that like you feel bad about like rejecting someone else maybe you've been in that situation before like you can kind of use that sympathy towards Mm -hmm. yourself like 
sometimes like situations don't line up or like it's not your fault like blah blah, blah. so do you have other tips for rejection because um, i guess the hardest thing about heartbreak is like getting over someone and like reminiscing about like things that you did before um i can't really speak on that i don't know i would say if you're reminiscing about them or you yeah. miss them if you have social media block them yeah <laughs> don't be just try to cut them out them. Yeah. of things that like don't try to like communicate don't try to keep in contact mm-hmm. with them if you don't have to honestly as cheesy as it is time heals all things yeah. it's yeah. really true and even when it comes to like friendships that i've ended kind of naturally or other mm-hmm. situations relationships that have ended it's all about like giving that time and mm-hmm. space and then taking care of yourself first yeah. that's it and then eventually it'll be nothing to you and then you can move on and then you can laugh about it in a podcast <laughs> 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 okay <laughs> moving on what are the pros slash cons of commuting oh this is for me this is yeah. just for sally <laughs> <laughs> um i guess commuting like the pros is that you get to drive around oh my god yeah, that a pro? that's scary <laughs> you're not like confined to this campus because mm. you guys you can't go anywhere yeah yeah um you're stuck here 24 7 okay okay, okay but okay. <laughs> i have the freedom to like i guess drive anywhere within my car's reach <laughs> um and i can eat like healthily at home because that's here true. in the diner mm. the food just like it's really depressing and mm-hmm. And even if you're not, like, on a dining plan, like, cooking for yourself is really hard. Um, I sub-leased for a semester, and it was hard to, like, cook after, like, a full day of classes. So mm-hmm. I, I like that part about commuting. But the, the con is also part of the pro because driving comes she, with a lot of traffic. Sally's scary. <laughs> scary. Okay. And I, <laughs> that aside, um, <laughs> driving comes with a lot of traffic and gets stuck when it's like rush hour and everyone's trying to leave campus and you mm-hmm. can't go anywhere and then these commuters are walking all over the campus and you're stopping every five minutes oh to let someone cross but anyways when you over if you go to umd yeah i think um the cons is just like the fomo like i said before like it's hard to keep in contact with people and hard to like um participate in things because you have to stay on campus sometimes you have to stay on campus for no reason or like or like, not no reason like you have to be there you just have to wait until like the evening if something's scheduled there and you've nowhere to go like you have no room to go back to and like take mm. a nap in mm. so mm-hmm. that's why william always came to my room <laughs> <laughs> so would you say for you personally do the pros outweigh the cons i mean i guess they must yeah if you're commuting. um yeah for me i think so because um, honestly like call it, living in an apartment right now for me is really expensive um it's like i don't know like a thousand mm-hmm. over a thousand a month for a nice place mm-hmm. um and i like having my own room oh yeah that's another pro i like having my own room and own bathroom okay. so but obviously that's like a privilege that i have and mm-hmm. not everyone can do that so i think it just depends on personal like what your personal situation i know that sounds good yeah, yeah. thanks for speaking on that sally thank you <laughs> um the next question is how to get over insecurities and but, I mean, I guess before we really dive in, I guess there's different types of insecurities. And so mm-hmm. the way I approach it is different based on the different types. So if you're talking about, like, physical insecurities about your body or insecurities about how, I don't know, I have a lot of insecurities about how, like, I act or interact with people. I'm kind of insecure about that. But... Like getting up to use the bathroom in the middle of a class. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know if anyone else experiences this, yeah, but, yeah. like, you'll hold your pee so mm-hmm. you don't have to get up in the middle of class or... I will literally hold trash in my hand so I don't have to throw it away in the middle of class. I don't, it's things like that. I don't know if that's insecure or anxious, but. Like you don't want people to like look at you. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be a center of attention. But maybe we should, can touch really quick on the first one, body insecurities. 
Like, how do you guys deal with that? I, I guess know. it's really hard to get over your insecurity if you're always comparing yourself to others. So stuff like Instagram, like social media in general can be very toxic if you're not like secure over your body and you're obsessing over that fact. Um, but I mean, it's always hard to like cut off social media entirely. So you always like be exposed to it, but you can try your best to limit your exposure to that kind of like negative mm-hmm. um, thoughts. Like don't follow people that you're like je- jealous of. Like, I don't know, just um, just try your best to like stay away from like toxic thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think um, going off of social media, it also depends on who you're physically spending time with too, because I think, I don't know if I'm speaking, I'll speak for myself, but around you guys and around my other friends, I don't feel insecure. And I think like I have kind of cultivated my friend group in that way, where maybe in high school, there were a few people that I kind of like wish I was friends with or um, I wish I could be more like them, but I'm comfortable with who I am because the people around me are comfortable with who they are and we're not tearing each other down or like making really snide like comments that are about your body. Besides Linda's long huh? legs right now. You're always criticizing her bony. <laughs> my legs are I can't lean on her. But it's more just like when you surround yourself who are confident within themselves, it kind of rubs off on you or at least I've noticed that. And also like I know thoughts sometimes are hard to believe, but you're really just stuck with this body. <laughs> like, yes, you can lose weight or cut your hair, cut dye your hair, but at the end of the day, this is the body you're in, and this is how you're going to get around life and function. And if you have that ability to move around life unassisted, then, like, you should embrace that privilege. And, like, I mean, it's hard when you have maybe acne or you just mm-hmm. don't like how you look, but, like, this is what you're this is what you have and a lot of the times like the insecurities that you have are more physical like acne or your body um so i think that you should be focusing more on your internal like abilities and the health that you have if um that rather than focus rather than focusing on the external mm-hmm. and in addition to um external insecurities like your body or how you look i think i also struggle with um, like more internal insecurities like we said how we interact with people and I think the only tip I can give for that is to because I imagine like worst case scenarios and then I become anxious about it and then I'm insecure about how I might act based on that and I think it's just um, knowing the worst thing that can happen and then knowing that it's not gonna happen I, I don't know if that makes sense but it's just reminding yourself of the reality that you're in like in this reality I'm not gonna be looked at because i'm going to use the bathroom like and if someone does look at me they're not going to care and if you were in that position if you were the one sitting down working on something and you see someone do that how how long would you think about that you probably wouldn't think about it at all so i basically have to play these mind games with myself about like those kind of insecurities i don't know if you guys have more tips about that i guess for that part it's just like humbling yourself and realizing how small you're in the grand (laughs) oh my god (laughs) like no one really cares like what you're doing that's true um, and that point like no one's everyone's so self-focused and they only care about what they're like looking at on their phone or whatever and Mm -hmm. no one's really gonna notice you so well, she really humbled us tonight. <laughs> but I, I, I agree with that because you are living in this world, and mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to act, interact with thousands, hundreds, millions of people throughout mm-hmm. your life. So it, it is about humbling yourself. And when it comes to things that you can change, like insecurities, like you're insecure about the way you present in front of a class, or you're insecure about, um, I'm secure about the way that I breathe heavy walking up stairs. <laughs> 
especially after Taiwan. <laughs> those things, those are tangible things that you can change. And I think the only way that I know how to deal with it is to work on that, like mm-hmm. progress on it and not, well, it's hard not to like judge yourself for not doing that. Like, why don't you work out more? Or why don't you feel more confident? There are steps that you can take, plans that you can make to get better towards where you want to be in that term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of insecurities are kind of like, wait, what is, what is that word? Like, they don't make sense. Like, I'm insecure about They're not... all in your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm insecure about not being able to drink milk. <laughs> what? You're insecure about that? That's every Asian, though. <laughs> okay, I mean, but like, not every Asian, but... Not a lot of... Yeah. I mean, it's like, not like a huge insecurity, but whenever people like, oh... It's like reminded mm, of that thought, but you just have to remember that it's like it just like means nothing. Mm-hmm. It, like it doesn't really impact anything. Yeah, I think all this advice we have about insecurities—it's hard because we deal with our own insecurities, and they're so individualized. I guess unique to each person. But in general, you just have to one humble yourself, right, <laughs> Sally, and then try to remember that um, if you can work on it, you can. If you can't, if you're you have the body you have, then. That's what you have, and eventually... Just be grateful. Yeah. yeah. Also, feel free to humble others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if someone is calling you yeah. rude names, then tell them to mind their own damn business, because <laughs> at that point, that they're not helping at all. And yeah. so surround yourself. I think that's number three. Surround yourself with people that won't judge you or mm-hmm. will support you. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, what is one thing you could change about your college experience? Uh, one thing I regret not being able to do, and it was actually something I look for in like applying to college was studying abroad mm. like oh, everyone yeah. raves yeah. about yeah. studying abroad once they go to study abroad and come back that's all Barcelona. they talk about <laughs> <laughs> it's always Barcelona <laughs> like it's something that would be really mm-hmm. I, like I always envisioned myself doing but I, it was kind of hard like actually doing it in college because of all my like required classes and mm-hmm. labs and whatever but it was it's something that i really wish i could have done while i was in college because when else will i be able to be able to live in a country like a foreign country mm-hmm. for like several oh, yeah. months at a time and like not be able to not not really worry about so many responsibilities mm-hmm. so. i second that yeah i was too damn lazy to <laughs> walk myself to the study abroad office and get more information i mm. actually did that and i still didn't go <laughs> that is if if you're listening to this and you still have time left in your college career that is like one of the top things i would recommend at least try to get more information if it's even a like possible for you and then you can like start worrying about it because <laughs> yeah. yeah i regret just like i should have just found out more information honestly mm-hmm. i think all of us talked about it but none of us ended up going mm-hmm. yeah and i think that applies to anything else that i wish i could change it's like regrets that are kind of just like that was stupid like i mm-hmm. should have found out more information i should have gone to office hours I, like <laughs> it's like little things that you don't yeah. think really matters in the moment that kind of like not that they add up but like they're so easy. Yeah, definitely go to office hours if you're struggling because mm-hmm. they actually mm-hmm. help. Wow, surprise! Uh, the one time I went to office hours, the TA gave me Chick Fil A and he what? helped me, so it is worth it. And Did then you go back? No, <laughs> exactly. Well, sorry, give her students Chick Fil A, not to support no. Chick Fil A as a homophobic entity. Yeah, but um, maybe uh, Kadoba. Kadoba. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any um, thing that you wish you could change? I guess similar to going to office hours, like building a relationship with professors mm. because like I'm still kind of intimidated by professors. Also, like I never noticed this, but I've the most of the classes I've taken were taught by like 
adjuncts or like lecturers or grad students so I haven't had the opportunity to like interact that much with professors and if I did it was like a huge class remember yeah. that one time we had a health insurance class and we talked so much about the professor and we're yeah, gonna go to his so office nice. hours and he's so nice and we're gonna mm-hmm. make connections we didn't yeah. <laughs> ever like I that why it could have been so easy to just go up to the professor and be like hey I really enjoyed this class just letting you know my name is Ming and I, it would be great to talk to you more about this topic later yeah and like that's what they're there for and that's what you're here for to like learn from them and like I want to be myself now that I'm applying to grad school and mm-hmm. I'm like searching like my thing yeah. for professors that I should have like yeah, gotten close after after our final exam my professor put in my like my score wrong on Elms like he put it like 100 points less Don't so tell me I was so it. scared no so that's okay. the only reason why I went <laughs> to talk to him and there I asked him for his research and he did turns out he does this really cool research on biofilms and I didn't even like it was too late at that point <laughs> to ask him to take me in as a student, so opportunities were missed. Mm-hmm. This is, I think you're literally paying for these opportunities. Yeah. You are paying for office hours. You're paying for the TA's, like, funding. So, like, you should take advantage of it. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So, <laughs> last question. Uh, what is one thing you wouldn't change about your college experience? Wouldn't want to change about your college experience? I don't know. I guess being in college with you guys. Ew. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> I guess, yeah, the friendships yeah. that we that formed. And I don't know. I Sometimes I would stress about, like, my grades. But then someone, I don't know if it was you or someone else, would remind me that, like, what are you going to remember, like, 50 years from now? Mm-hmm. If all else is equal, you fail just that one test, you're probably going to graduate. You're probably going to pass. You're going to remember, like, the friends you made from it not that one stupid little test yeah and you can't have that mentality all the time you do have to pass your classes (laughs) but at the same time i really value the friendships out of everything that i've gone out of college yeah i agree and that (laughs) is a great conclusion (laughs) to our friendship podcast episode Thank you all for listening to the seventh episode of our podcast. Today, I think you learned a lot more about us, hopefully. You learned how we met, um, how our friendship started, and we answered some questions that we didn't even know about each other because I didn't know about Linda's little Twitter account, and I'm sure they didn't know about my gerbils (laughs) abuse. Um, But we also answered some of your questions, and I really hope you all keep sending in questions because this was really fun answering them. Thank you for sending us questions. Yeah, definitely. It helped us kind of reflect on our own experiences, I think. And Mm. you can ask any sort of questions. It doesn't have to be related to college at all. But since we are in college, this is something that we can um, reflect on. Um, So thank you so much. If you like this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at movingulongpod and make sure to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. If you have any more questions you'd like us to answer, let us know by DMing us or emailing us at movingulong at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye.